Hello everyone, what is going on? Today is one hell of a good day. Why? Because I'm here with Dennis Futabi Borg, who is a bass guitarist in a very awesome Swedish melodic rock band, Crush. Welcome to the show, and I really hope I pronounced your name correctly. I actually think you nailed it perfectly, and thank you very much. Uh, thanks for having me. Anytime. How's everything in Sweden? I've, I've been talking uh, to many people you know, from around the world, and it just makes me want to travel again. Uh, you want to come to Sweden? Uh, you're always welcome, you know. Maybe not uh, just now, but uh, when this whole uh, pandemic stuff is over, you're always welcome. I mean, uh, life is quite good. Uh, of course, uh, as for everyone else, we've had somewhat of a big impact uh, with the pandemics worldwide. But uh, I think we're coping quite good. Um, we haven't actually shut down that much uh, that uh, other countries have. Uh, we're still living kind of like a normal life, but uh, Restrict, uh, restricted limits of people uh, going to different places and stuff. But uh, all in all, I think we cope quite good, actually. I've actually been to Sweden uh, many times before. Uh, obviously, I'm an Estonian and Sweden is basically right next to Estonia. Yeah. But I've only been to Stockholm. But that's oh, then, about then it. Then you missed a lot, a lot of parts. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I've been told. Yeah, uh, I, I was talking to uh, I don't know if you know uh, Christian Eriksson. Uh, uh, yeah, the, the singer. The singer, yeah, from a Twilight Force. Yeah, I was talking to him, and he said exactly the same thing. Exactly. I mean, uh, Sweden is very, very tall and very narrow country. So uh, I mean, it's like 160 uh, miles from from south to north, and uh, we have everything from from the bigger cities to. Uh, uh, huge forests and uh, also countryside uh, down in the south where I live. So uh, it, it's you, you get much of everything, so to speak. Yeah. It just seems like everything about Sweden is just awesome. And especially when it comes to the music, like for some reason, all my favorite bands are from Sweden or Finland. And I'm not sure how much you know about the Finnish music, but why is Swedish music so damn good? What's the secret? Uh, I think one of the uh, w one of the secrets. I'm not supposed to tell you this because it's a secret, obviously. But I think uh, one big part is uh, that uh, we have this uh, from second grade in school. Uh, every kid get invited to uh, public music school. So uh, it, it it actually comes musicians to the to the regular schools and uh, and ask all the children if they want to uh, to learn and how to practice an, an instrument. So uh, in second grade, uh, I actually started playing my first official instrument, which was, uh, uh, you know, recorder, a flute. Mm. Uh, and I did so for, for a couple of years. And then I uh, adapted to saxophone. Uh, I played both uh, big band and uh, as a solo artist. Uh, and then obviously after that, uh, in, in my early teens, I, uh, uh, the love for rock and roll kicked in and I, the rock star dreams kicked in. So I... I bought my first guitar and uh, formed my first band and all that, but it, it, it all started with this uh, public music school and, and the, uh, the flute and the saxophone. That's, that's where it started for me. Oh, wow. I, so yeah, that definitely has to be the secret then. I, I definitely didn't uh, know anything about this. But it's probably are... not the 100% answer, but I think it, it, it must have something to do with that. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. 
Uh, I actually tried to learn to play guitar as a kid, uh, but I never really got anywhere with it. I did manage to learn a few songs. One of them was uh, Smoke on the Water. Yeah, that's the first one for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's probably one of the easiest songs to learn. Like, yeah. you, don't, you don't even need to learn any chords to play that. No, exactly. And even though I haven't played it for a very long time, I think you know, I could still play it. I might you could probably nail it in, in your sleep. Yeah, it's just so easy. Can you remember your first song? Was it the Smoke, the first, on, smoke on the, the Water? First, the first song I learned uh, on guitar. Uh, that ah, yeah. must have been... Uh, yeah, I probably smoke on the water, actually. I think so. Because my, my father was a big uh, Deep Purple fan as well. So I, I kind of grew up with that kind of music. And uh, so it was kind of, uh, yeah, the, the obvious first choice for me to learn um, smoke on the water. So probably, yeah. What about the other instruments you learned before guitar? Uh, before, uh, I, my uh, my parents divorced when I was about five years old, and about that time, my mother um, found her 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 husband, uh, who, who she's still married to today, and he was a musician actually, and he um, he was a drummer in a, a melodic rock band uh, in Sweden back then, and uh, he taught me uh, he, he saw some potential and that I had some musical talent and interest in learning how to play instruments, so he taught me uh, keyboard. Uh, from a very early stage and the first song i learned there was uh, the the soundtrack the, the lead theme to top gun the movie i love that movie Such yeah and, and you, rem you remember you, you know the the theme uh, which is an electric guitar i learned that on on keyboard that, that was the first song I, I learned actually i think like i love every single song from that film yeah the soundtrack is just it's, amazing uh, especially the danger zone my favorite is probably Mighty Wings. Oh, that's a uh, good one. With Cheat Trick. That's a good, yeah, it's a very good album. Have you seen the second film? I don't, I don't know if it's already out or it's, is, is it coming out, but apparently... I, I think it's coming out because I, I saw a trailer maybe six months ago or something, but I haven't actually seen uh, that it's been out yet. So, but I'm, I mean, it can be bad, it can be good. I'm going to see it, of course, uh, just because I, I like the first one so much, but uh, I don't have too much hope for it. Well, I'm definitely excited. Well, coming yeah. back to the, uh, you know, the learning instruments, uh, obviously these days, I think, I don't know actually if it's easier, because obviously you can use those apps that's available to learn guitar. Well, what, what's, what's your thought? on those apps is it does it make things easier or can it be more confusing i don't know much about uh, the the applications actually because i don't uh, I, I i don't need to use them for my for, for my own sake but mm -hmm. uh what i've seen and what i've uh what i actually think is very good is all these uh tutorials on like youtube uh, you know where uh, great musicians and uh semi-great musicians uh, play to a certain song and they uh, they show how to, to take the different chords and the different solos and they do it uh, in uh, they, they slow down the, the track and do half of the bpms and and show how to do it slowly and i think if, if you have patience and uh, i mean a lot of kids today they, they it's it's a perfect forum for them to to, to watch youtube and learn how to play their instruments so that combined with uh, like these uh, websites that have tabulators and all the chord progressions and stuff, I think that's um, I think that's a perfect way to learn how to play. 
Yeah, I mean, like I've noticed that so many good musicians are actually self-taught. You know, yeah. Jimi Hendrix, Eric Clapton, uh, Kurt Cobain and his piano, you know, just to name a few. Yeah. Do you think, what, what's your opinion on taking classes and about teaching yourself how to play instruments? I mean, I, there, I, I, yeah, sorry. Is, is there a massive difference? I kind of had a teacher at home, you know, with this, uh, with my, uh, my mother's uh, new boyfriend. Uh, he, he taught me at home, but I mean, I, I took lessons learning flute and um, a saxophone, but I, when I started playing guitar and later switched to bass, uh, that is kind of self-taught all along because we, we formed our first band at a, at a youth center in my uh, hometown where I lived when I was a kid. And uh, there was a guy who taught us, you know, uh, I mean, he, he was supposed to, to teach us how to play, but what he really did was like keeping us together and uh, not uh, not uh, helping us to stay friends, you know, and uh, and keeping the, keeping the band together. Uh, and and he and he taught us some basics with the, some uh, rock and roll chords and stuff. But I mean, uh, for for ninety percent, I'm I'm self-taught when it comes to guitar. Uh, so uh, I think. Uh, if you have s somewhat of a natural talent for it, I think uh, uh, many good artists are self-taught uh, all in all. I think when I tried to learn guitar, which really didn't go anywhere, as I mentioned, I think my problem was it hurted my fingers. It was so mm. painful. And because of this, I didn't get that proper sound because I was not always able to push those strings fully down because okay. it was so painful and then obviously you can't get the proper sound how you must have gone through something similar you have to go through some rough uh, months in the beginning uh, before your fingers are used to it because uh, i mean since, since i was 15 years old my <laughs> my uh, string fingers have this hard surface you know yeah. Uh, on the top so uh, because they they get used to it but i, I mean in, in the beginning i played till my fingers bled to quote brian adams uh and i think uh, many guitar players have gone through that but uh as as long as you're after uh when you when you come past the hurt uh they never bleed again you know uh, as long mm -hmm. as you keep on playing so i think that's um that that's a physical uh point of it just one stage to get through once you get yeah. through there you go you're rocking it like i remember when i got my first guitar uh, someone told me it's best to start learning with the acoustic guitar not yeah. the electric one would you say the same thing i would say so because uh, uh i mean uh, it, it's much easier i think to learn um, the proper chords on um, on an acoustic and you get the the full sound and everything. I, I didn't have an electric guitar in the beginning and I didn't have an amplifier. So I, I was kind of forced to use the acoustic, but I think that, uh, and, and this comes to songwriting as well. Uh, if you can play a song good in a soft mood on an acoustic guitar and, and if it's, you know, if it's, uh, if, if you get the feeling and you get the groove, then you can play it uh, and, and speed it up and play it on an electric guitar as well. 
So um, to have that as a foundation in your um, guitar skills, I think that's a, a good way to start. When did you switch over to bass guitar? Uh, I played in a in a cover band in the early millennium, I think, around 2003, 2000, 2004, maybe. Uh, we had a, a cover band called uh, The Decades. Uh, and um, I, I started off as playing guitar in, in this uh, cover band. And uh, mm. the bass player suddenly, yeah, he asked me one day and, and told me that he wanted to play bass instead. And uh, I didn't mind. I mean, I, I had never played bass before, but um, I thought it was a perfect opportunity to develop my stage persona in, instead, you know. I was also the singer, so um, and, and we played we played kind of straight up cover song. So I thought it, it it would be a great mix to play bass and sing at the same time. Uh, so that that's kind of the the not so exciting story how it happened. He just asked me if we if if, if I wanted to to mm. switch instruments, and we did. And I've stuck to it since. Once you go bass, you never go back. Well, well, you definitely make it look easy the way you play. I've heard you play, and obviously in a crush. And I always yeah, feel you, like, have you seen us live or you you heard the songs? I've just heard the songs. Uh, I haven't seen you live yet, uh, okay. unfortunately. But that I would definitely need to fix that mistake. Are, are you some UK some UK shows coming up uh, soon? So keep your eyes open for that. Oh, absolutely! Are you coming to Leeds any chance? Because that's where I'm based. That's in Yorkshire. Ah, uh, yeah. I have some friends up there, so uh, even if uh, the band's not coming, I'm probably coming over as soon as Boris Johnson lets us, you know. Well, yeah, absolutely. When you come, let me know. <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, I always feel like, you know, bass guitarists are kind of like uh, unspoken heroes. You know, lead singer always gets the spotlight. You know, it's, yeah. just the, it's just the way it is. You know, lead guitarist gets his solo moment. Yeah. But not really the bass guitarist. I don't think I've heard bass guitar solo before. Is it even possible? Uh, it's uh, definitely possible, but it's not cool. I mean, I, I'm a bass player, but I don't like bass solos either. It, it's not supposed to happen on a stage, I think. Uh, I actually have a small solo on our new record coming out, but it's, it's, it's like 20 seconds of uh, me just fooling around a little bit. Nobody wants to see a bass solo live. I mean, Billy Sheehan of uh, Mr. Big can pull off some awesome tricks, but it's not fun to watch, you know? So uh, I, to be a uh, to be a bass player, it kind of uh, it, it makes you uh, have to, uh, you're forced to be a, a character on stage to not be invisible. You know, uh, you, I mean, you have to you have to develop something else because you don't have the guitar solos, and obviously you don't have the lead singer spotlight. Because I one hundred percent think that the lead singer spotlight should be on on him or her. Uh, definitely, but uh, to be a to be a bass player, you have to take your take your place, you know, and show that you're in the band. Yeah. Have you any time? Have you heard of the Finnish uh, glam rock band Reckless Love? Yeah, of course. Yeah, they have this song called Heart. Uh, yeah, but it's my one of my favorite bands, by the way. I think that I think that's their best song, the best song I've heard with them. I like the Night on Fire. Hmm. Uh, I think that's my favorite, but Hot is really good as well. And it starts with the bass guitar. Yeah, that's right. So it's it's one of the examples I know from the top of my head, but that's about it, really. 
And it sounds good. It sounds really good. It works. I mean, uh, a, a base is a base. So it's uh, sometimes it's you have succeeded if you don't notice it too much because it's it's supposed to to keep the groove and the rhythm together with the drums. And if you don't, if 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 they don't click, if they and if they don't mix together, you don't have a song at all. So mm. uh, I mean, it, it's the foundation of the song, and uh, I think that's the most important thing to to uh, to make sure that it happens. I always thought that it's so awesome, you know, how different instruments kind of mix together and make one song. Like yeah, really the, those those instruments are so different, like drums and guitars. It can't be any more different. But when you mix them up, like properly, makes a song. And I think it's so cool. So awesome. it's magic. It's magic. It, it really is. Well, let's talk about uh, your band Crush. Yeah. And for someone who has never heard of this band, you are missing out great music, by the way. And I mean it. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure I have added all of your songs into my playlist, which is a huge compliment. Thank you very uh, much. How did it all start? Where the name came from? Uh, the name sucks. And uh, it uh, came from, uh, let's see here. Uh, it's actually quite a funny story. Um, we, we actually first were called crush with an s instead uh, our band, band name now is crush with a z so c-r-u-z-h and uh, we we launched a band uh, called crush uh, as the normal word with an s and it didn't take long at all until some idiot band also named crush contacted us and wanted to sue our asses off because right. we had stolen their <laughs> band name so uh, we we kind of didn't want to fuss at that point so we we ditched the first name, adapted the Z instead. And obviously that was the worst move ever since no one can pronounce it correctly. You actually did it, Tavi. So lots of kudos to you. But I mean, <laughs> we, we, we played Italy, Milano, and the Italians call us Cruzzi oh, for wow. real. And uh, the, the most common uh, mispronouncements are cruise or crash. Uh, I mean, how hard can it be? Even even my mother doesn't know how to pronounce it correctly. She she calls she calls us crash every time she talks about the band. <laughs> so uh, it, it was kind of a mistake. But uh, I mean, the logo looks cool, the band name looks cool, and uh, I think we just have to work some more to to get the people to to learn how to pronounce it correctly. I mean, it's pronounced exactly the same way, like with the S. Yeah, I know, but uh, people yeah. tend to think that we're from Czechoslovakia or something, you know, Kruz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have to work on that. Yeah, no, I think it's a really good name. Thank I, you. I, I really do think so. But the song that actually got me hooked was The First Crush. Yeah. And the thing with me is when I find a new song to listen, usually I know in the first 10 seconds if I'm going to enjoy this or not. Yeah, I mean, I can just tell it's going to be my kind of song. And I remember so clearly, First Crush was one of those songs. I was impressed about everything from the performance to the music video. And as I understand, it was one of your first songs. Um, it was one of our first songs uh, that we wrote for the album, but uh, we, we actually started like... Uh, I have to take it back like two years before we released the album because uh, we we re, uh, we released two physical demos independently 
which contain the songs, um, let's see here, Hard to Get, Stay, In a Blink of an Eye, which ha hasn't been released since, uh, and uh, a couple of more. So it was two physical demos, and we sent them around to different uh, record labels and stuff, just yeah, checking if uh, someone was interested in, uh, in signing us. And uh, one day I was contacted with Associates to uh, Frontiers Music, our record label in, in uh, Italy. And um, someone contacted me and said that, uh, hey, I like your band, I want to sign you. And, and told me that his name was Serafino Perugino, which is the, the CEO of, uh, of the record label. And uh, my, my first thought was, okay, who's being an asshole and, and fooling me here? Uh, so I, I actually, thought someone was uh, playing possum with me. So I, I didn't reply for a couple of days. And then I talked to, uh, to the guitar player in Crush, uh, Anton. And he said, maybe it's the real deal. Uh, and, and he convinced me to, to give it a shot. So I, I wrote them back and it turned out to be the real deal. So uh, they had actually uh, received the demo from, uh, um, from um, uh, a, a rock reviewer in England who, who, who we had sent the, the demo to. And uh, that's how it began. And they wanted to, 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 uh, to sign us for a, for a multi-deal uh, back in 2015, maybe. And uh, then we started writing for, uh, for, the, for the debut album. And First Crush was uh, one of the songs that we finished first because uh, we had actually started it before uh, the signing. So it was supposed to be our next uh, demo as well. So um, uh, and and obviously it ended up on the on the first album as well. And I'm really happy to say that you like it because uh, I think we uh, really uh, caught the 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 feel the summer summer vibe summer feeling uh, 80s feeling in that track uh, both in the video and in the in the music. And uh, I'm really happy with that one. Yeah, that's that's what I think makes it really good because at first it takes me a while to understand that it's it's it, the music video takes place in sweden yeah because you know from the music video you would think you know it's some you know warm country some caribbean island or something exactly and i think that's that's really cool like i we, we obviously had some luck there as well because we we, we we nailed one of the five summer days in Sweden that summer <laughs> when we filmed, and uh, it was one of the warmest days that year. And uh, then some uh, some magic trick in uh, in Adobe Premiere uh, put on some Miami filters on it, and uh, voila, we're in uh, LA suddenly. Well, good luck trying to do this in uh, UK. Always bloody yeah. raining. <laughs> yeah. What was what was the process behind the song, like the story? Um, the purpose was that we um, we wanted to. We, the lyrics are about uh, you know the, um, the the feeling you could have in your early teens when you uh, when you uh, found new artists and uh, new uh, bands that you really liked, and uh, how those songs really meant a lot to you and how they still do now, uh, many years later. And uh, so the first crush is actually a, kind of a, a multi-understanding because it's, it can obviously be 
uh, referred to as a traditional love story as well. But our purpose with it was that uh, when I first heard Kiss when I was like 12 years old or something like that, how I actually still uh, praise them so much and they, they have uh, so, so much uh, purpose in my life still. So that, that's kind of what we wanted to, to, to fetch. I know you guys are working on a new album now. I don't know if it's already finished or waiting for a release, but it's still, it's, it's, it's in the works. It's done. It's a totale finale. It's uh, been done for a couple of months, actually. And uh, it was supposed to come out uh, late uh, 2020. But because of the whole situation with um, um, uh, COVID making it impossible for bands to promote their music playing live and uh, the sales that's going down and all that, uh, our label and, and us as well wanted to postpone it a little bit because the whole new record has this extreme summer vibe over it. So we also thought it would be better to put it out when it's warm and when people are more happy. And hopefully we can uh, in some way uh, support the album playing live uh, somewhere, someplace. So uh, the, the new release date, I have a release date, but it's not official yet, but it's going to come out this summer. It's only a couple of months. Yes. If, every, if everything goes according to plan, because you know, obviously we never know these days what's going on. Exactly. But uh, you can count on uh, the first single being released in uh, two months. Yeah. It, is it going to be kind of like a similar kind of style to the first album? Or is it going to be still completely different? I mean, uh, talking about the first album, there are some parts I like very much and there are some parts I somewhat can't stand at all because it's very polished and it's very um, soft in some ways. And uh, it just doesn't really sound like us because people who have seen us live, they always say to us that we, we have much more, we we're, were much more rock and roll, much more attitude uh, when we play live. We're, we're just a fun loving rock act, you know, and learning by doing the new record has way more edge, more attitude and, um, it, we, we, it, it's us being us, you know. We uh, we tried to be something else a little bit on the first album, but this is more us. It's more Van Halen and less Backstreet Boys on the on the next album. I actually came across um, for the live performance uh, you had. I, I I can't remember the date, but it was on YouTube. Yeah, uh, when I was listening to to your songs. And it was called Moonshine Bayou. Yeah. What an epic name. I know. And that track <laughs> is going to be on the next album as well. And uh, that's actually, uh, there's a fun story about that track as well, because um, when we were sending out the demos, uh, this dude from, um, I think he's from Keltenham, Southern England, a, t- right. a tattoo artist, very cool guy. He, uh, who, who loves Crush, and he contacted us and said that he wanted to have the demos. So I sent them to him. And when he gave uh, his address to me, it, it was Moonshine Bayou. And I was like, what? Do you live in a place in England called Moonshine Bayou? 
And he's like, uh, well, uh, I kind of live, live in Keltenham, but I, 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 I like to call my place Moonshine Bayou. And I was like, that's the sickest thing I've ever heard. I need a song with that name. And then my wheels started uh, running and I went home and I, I wrote the song on the spot, you know. Uh, and um, I, I just thought that the, the name was so cool. And that's how that song came about. It started with a name and uh, it became a whole track on the new Crush album. It really is. No, the funny thing is, you you mentioned that it started with a name because yeah. I'm also a very much in a film industry. You know, obviously yeah. I do a little bit wrestling as well. I definitely want to talk about wrestling because I know you're a fan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but when I write a screenplays, uh, most yeah. of the time the title comes first. I think of a title and I'm like, oh, I really like the way it sounds. Can I make yeah. a story behind it? Yeah. Which, which, would, is, which uh, is not a usual way to write screenplays. Okay. Uh, I can relate to that. Uh, I write a lot of songs and uh, sometimes it starts with a, you know, I wake up in the middle of the night screaming because I hear a guitar if I need to, to record. But it, it actually happens quite often that I get a, maybe not the title, but I hear a cool phrase or a cool um, quote or something like that and uh, then i start uh, thinking around that phrase what's the story behind this and beyond that and and then i came up with a story sometimes and then the music kind of comes alive uh, through the phrase or the the title so i can write songs in in multiple ways but i'd say that that that's probably one of my most uh, common process that, that, that it starts with a title or a phrase. What's your favorite song from the from the album? From the old album, let's say, because obviously we haven't heard the new one yet. Uh, from the old album, I, I think it would be stupid not to mention Aim for the Head because uh, it's uh, our most popular song. Uh, I think it's it, it has like uh, 10 times more streams on both YouTube and uh, uh, Spotify than the other tracks. And it's uh, one of our darker, harder tracks with a very cool guitar riffing and uh, um, great mystique and uh, feeling about it. So I, I like that one. But I also like uh, First Crush, obviously. And um, I like uh, Before I Walk Alone. Uh, it's kind of like a up-tempo party punk track. Uh, it's almost in the vein, kind of skate punkish, and uh, also uh, leaning towards the happy rock of '80s, like Poison, uh, Warrant, Winger, that stuff. Uh, so uh, before I walk alone, I also like very much. I think mine is "Set Me Free." Also a good one, uh, <laughs> and uh, also one of our more popular tracks. But what I noticed that, you know, when you recorded the first album, you had a different singer. Yeah. Like, what happened? Why did you change the lineups? Was, if that's uh, something well, you, you're okay talking about. We started off as a three-piece uh, with uh, the, the guitar. The, the, we, we've had the same guitar player the whole time, me playing bass. 
and uh, the singer slash keyboard player uh, we started off as a project so we didn't have a um a, a vocalist or a drummer when we started out uh, right. we did everything our, on our own uh, and then when we uh, were supposed to go out and play live we needed to expand the troops you know so we brought in uh, our good friend on drums and then we struggled to to find a uh, a good keyboard player so we brought in a session lead vocalist instead uh, which was our friend uh, phil who uh, who has been who has been with us when we played live uh, and then um, uh, when, when we uh, after the gigs and all that then we started working on uh, uh, on uh, the second album we decided to go separate ways with the with the keyboard player, who is actually the guy who sang on the first album, for multiple reasons and uh, personal reasons, and and uh, so so that's why we've uh, recruited uh, a new lead singer now for the second album, which is Alex, who is uh, making a really really good work on the new tracks. Yes, really good. I heard the acoustic version of uh, "Aim for the Head." Yeah, he, he's just um, a, the man we've been looking for all the time. So it's uh, we're very happy with that uh, decision. You can tell. You can definitely tell. I, I've actually seen him before uh, uh, from a band Reach, I think it was called. Yeah, he used to be the lead singer in Reach uh, from Stockholm. Yeah, it took me a while to realize. Like when I saw the video first time, you know, Aim for mm -hmm. the Head with him, I was like, I've seen that guy from be before somewhere. I just couldn't tell where. And then one time it just clicked in my head. Yeah, that song from uh, By the Breach. That's perfect as well, because he's a noticeable guy. He's a very good looking guy. And he's a perfect, uh, I mean, he's perfect in the center, you know. Uh, so um, it's good that you notice him. Uh, we, we want to be noticed and we want to be uh, remembered. So uh, thanks for that as well. Yeah, now we just need to go back to normal with our lifestyle and Exactly. And you guys can get back to touring. We have some plans. Uh, we recently uh, started working with a booking agent as well. And uh, we have some different European uh, legs coming up. Uh, we're probably soon going to um, put, some, put some of them out. But of course, uh, it, it all depends on what happens next with the whole pandemic situation. But uh, we, we're going to come sooner or later. I definitely keep my eyes open. Wait, let's talk a little bit about wrestling. I know you're a yes, fan. Let's I'm, do a, it. I'm a fan. We're both fans. So when did you start watching wrestling? Oh, man. Uh, it must be like in the early 90s because uh, back then, first WWF and then WCW showed their, um, their weekly shows on uh, Swedish television. Uh, and this was a time of, you know, uh, when Hulk Hogan was the biggest, Ultimate Warrior, the the Bushwhackers, uh, Earthquake, Typhoon, all that, the, old, the really old guys. Mm. And uh, me and my stepdad, the same guy who uh, who taught me to play keyboard, we, we watched them when my mom was uh, working nights because she wouldn't let me see them. And uh, yeah, I, I, I just loved it, you know, the... The combination between um, the actual wrestling and the storylines, and then, like in the mid '90s, uh, some 
stupid shit happened in Sweden. Uh, I mean, some uh, they call it TV violence. You know, they some kids were uh, assaulting other kids, and uh, I, th- I actually think someone died. Very tragic stories, but all of this stuff was banned from television instantly. So uh, right. wrestling just disappeared overnight from uh, from uh, from television. And uh, obviously no internet and stuff. So I kind of, my, my interest kind of dropped somewhere back then. Mm-hmm. But then I had a friend, uh, a, a very good friend who uh, started uh, around uh, the, the late nineties, early 2000s, around the Attitude Era. He started to purchase uh, VHS cassettes, video, videotapes from, uh, from England, I think. Right. So uh, they recorded in England, and he paid huge uh, amounts of cash for them, and they sent them over. So we, uh, he, he called me over, and uh, me and a bunch of guys, and we started watching, you know, uh, Unforgiven and Bad Blood and all these Attitude Era uh, PPVs on VHS. And we were just, holy shit, this has gone mental. And now, now they had guys like uh, Mankind and Kane and all those... Uh, really rough dudes and and we um we, yeah we, we instantly uh, we, we started to to ship all these uh, ppvs over from england and uh, and wash them together and uh th- that was about the same time that um sony playstation released their first smackdown games as well and we started you know creating our own wrestlers and having these uh we created our own PPVs and having a, a, a physical wrestling belt for the, for the champion and stuff. And uh, the funny, funny thing is that we actually have uh, in decreased amount of people, we still do this today from that. I mean, we, we watch not every PPV, but we, we gather and watch uh, the wrestling shows uh, regularly. Uh, and now I'm talking WWE. That's what we watch because uh, I know there's a lot of other awesome stuff and promotions going on right now. But uh, I don't. I simply don't have time for for it all. But uh, we we still watch the WWE uh, PPVs. Yeah, I think the first match I ever watched was the Big Show against Rey Mysterio. Uh, yeah. Just because I was so fascinated to see you know the big guy going against the small guy and see what happens. Yeah. And I, I think it was really, really awesome. And obviously, the storyline kind of aspect hooked me in. And I knew, you know what, that's such a good thing. But obviously, I was in Estonia at the time, and wrestling was never popular in Estonia. Okay. I don't think you could even train. I think there were no places at all. Wow. Like, how popular is it in Sweden now? Not popular at all, I think. Yeah. Or, I mean, it's not something... Uh... There, there was a couple of years in the mid, uh, around 2005, 2006, when they started to show it on TV again, but it disappeared uh, shortly thereafter because I don't think that the interest is, is that huge at all. But I mean, the um, WWE has come over for Copenhagen and Stockholm, and uh, I mean, they sell out arenas. Uh, so uh, there must be some kind of uh, hype and interest that doesn't show in the everyday life, uh, I think. And uh, uh, I mean, uh, I, you you don't see you don't see it in the 
in your everyday situations in the regular life. So uh, I can't really tell, actually. Have you been thinking about you know joining in and give it a try? I have done that many times, but I'm too injured nowadays. Uh, I, I'm also a trained firefighter, and my and my my body is just sore. You know, I can't go up against those young guys like you. You kick my ass. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been working as a firefighter as well. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's cool. How how many years? I've been in the fire service since uh, 2003 now, but I've been uh, working daytime since 2008, maybe. I transferred somewhere back then when I when I got my daughter, uh, and uh, I've been working with fire prevention and fire uh, uh, safety since then. That, that's pretty cool. Right, back to wrestling. We need to talk about wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Right. Who would you say is your favorite wrestler of all time? Uh, of all time, uh, let's see here. Uh, I have a couple. Eddie Guerrero, for re- uh, definitely. Uh, I would say Chris Jericho. Um, probably Shawn Michaels as well. But Chris Jericho is now in AEW. Yeah, he is. That's, That's right. I, I haven't seen uh, AEW at all, but uh, I've seen I, I follow him on social media and, and such, and I've seen that he's uh, joined the roster. I think WWE and AEW are, are so different, but so similar. I don't yeah. even know how to explain this, but I think it's awesome to have more big promotions out there. You know, AEW seems to be more unique with their ideas. Mm-hmm. You know, they're trying more different things that we've never seen before. But yeah. WWE, well, they are still trying new things, but they are also following their own structure, traditions that's already in yeah. place. And I mean, it, it, they need some concurrence because uh, every now and then WWE is just boring. You know, when they get into this, everything is 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 the, the same all the time, you know. So that's mm. good uh, when uh, when new promotions pop up. It was the same. Uh, TNA was was also uh, breaking new grounds uh, a couple of years ago, and obviously WCW did some huge uh, try <laughs> stuff in the in the nineties with uh, all kinds of crazy shit. But uh, it's needed because uh, WWE has a tendency to be very average every now and then. No, oh, absolutely, and I think you know AEW is actually quite good. I I haven't seen like. All the shows, you know, obviously, as you mentioned, you know, we just don't have time. You know, to no, exactly. Everything. It's 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 so much to watch. Yeah, but I do watch WWE every week, uh, the Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, but AEW is really good, especially the pay per views. Mm. So if there's any pay per view coming up, you know, I definitely recommend to watch it, or at least like extended highlights or whatever they release. Do you watch uh, NXT as well, the PPV? Only highlights, I have to say. Okay, yeah. Like, I know there's yeah. even uh, NXT UK. Um, yeah, I've, I've heard so as well, yeah. Which also I haven't really, really watched. It's just so many. Yeah, I know. Who would you say is your favorite wrestler? You're going to be surprised. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're going to... Big show. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. You're going to be really surprised about that one. It's at the moment. It's Dolph Ziggler. I love him. He's one really? of my top guys as well. 
Dolph Ziggler and Seth Rollins are the best ones nowadays. Yes, yes, definitely. Definitely those two. So I would even say Dolph Ziggler Ziggler is my all-time favorite. The the shame is that they have never used him to his full potential. I mean, he's always been uh, two steps down from where he's supposed to be. Yeah, and especially, can you remember the moment when he won the uh, money in the bank? Yeah, yeah. And when he cashed in the money in the bank, the pop the crowd gave him was massive. It was intense. But yeah, obviously, a few months later, yeah, he lost he lost the title because yeah. of he, the injury, I think. He's an in-betweener champ, and that's his curse, you know. He's supposed to be up there with the big ones. He, he could have been the new Heartbreak Kid. Yeah, that's what people are always saying. Like, he really reminds me uh, the Shawn Michaels. Yeah. And not just me, like everyone, really. Well, it's a shame because uh, it's, a, it's a big talent and he's a good looking dude and uh, he, he's very good wrestler as well. So, yeah, he's got everything good promo skills, good wrestling skills. That's, one of the, but... that's probably one of their problems. They have so much talent nowadays and so much wrestler. So, yeah. The... Uh... That's but, why. but still, they, they also tend to use the same old wrestlers all the time. I mean, wh- wh- why do they put Randy Orton with a belt? It's, it's not necessary for him. It's not necessary for anyone. Yeah, and that's why probably like many wrestlers from WWE are going to AEW now. So many now. Yeah, exactly. You know, like they, get, they get more shine. Yeah. The Dean Ambrose, uh, Chris Draco, Rusev. Rusev was one of my favorite uh, now, uh, wrestlers nowadays as well. He was good with this Rusev so much, day gimmick. So much fun. Yeah, exactly. But I'm so surprised they didn't really go with it. Like, it was always there. Like, everyone loved Rusev. Everyone was shouting. He, he was Rusev extremely popular with the fans, you know. Yeah, but nothing really happened. And that's, that's a shame. It really, really is. Right. I'm just looking at the time now. And it's kind of, we've been talking for over 47 minutes now. Wow. So and we just started. We just started exactly. So I think we need to do the second part. Of course. But before we end the show, uh, we have to do something a little different, something a little fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like a game kind of thing. You know, it's something I like to do to end the show something different something fun you know some people might even say exciting so wow. simple game. <laughs> i'm intrigued <laughs> well it, it's it's nothing nothing unique really but it, it's fun so it's basically i give you two options and you just choose which one you prefer yeah and even if you have a story behind it you know feel free to share the story sure so i think i know the answer for that one WWE or AEW? Uh, definitely WWE. I'm a traditional man. Electric guitar or acoustic guitar? Acoustic guitar. I write all my songs on that. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I, I thought it would be electric guitar, to be honest. No. That's good. Well, I actually looked up the list about the most expensive guitars the other day. Uh-huh. I was shocked. Some of the guitars have been sold for like half a million that's crazy. yeah i know it's very crazy i mean if i had one of those i'd be scared to even touch it it can't be worth it you know 
it's impossible. Yeah, it was like the most expensive one was the Eric Clapton one. Yeah, I've heard that, and I probably uh, Eddie Van Halen's guitars go up now as well. Yeah, yeah, I really need more of those. Uh, drums or keyboard? Keyboard. Action movies or comedy movies? Action movies, eighties. Oh, absolutely! One time, Schwarzenegger. Commando. Oh, love that film. Love the <laughs> film. <laughs> the soundtrack again. Yeah, I know. I the movies were the better back then. Oh yeah, because everything seemed more real. If that makes sense, because today everything is like CGI. You can tell it's it's a graphics. I mean, I- I can't watch a full uh, Marvel Marvel movie, you know. It's too much explosions and stuff happening all the time, and all these characters. I I just get bored. I need a you know, give me Blade Runner or Running Man with Arnold or whatever. I've never seen the Blade Runner. It's very good. It. My favorite movies are like you know all the Friday the Thirteenth from the eighties. I watch them all the time. I just watch them all all over again because I. I get calmed down by them. I, I just uh, go into them. I love them. I'm actually a huge fan of Lord of the Rings. Uh, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I've only seen them once. I actually saw the, the second one in a cinema in New York City. And everybody loves them. But I, 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 kinda, I love the books, obviously. I, I read them a lot of times. But I think they're too long. You know, I get bored. I can't sit that long. I think if you like really, really enjoy the film, you want it to be like even longer. That that's how yeah. I feel. Like I've seen the extended versions, and I feel like you know what? I want to see more. It needs to be longer. <laughs> how long are the extended ones? They must be like five hours long. Um, I'm not hundred percent sure. I think it's close to four hours. Wow. Oh, and that that the... can't happen, man. I'm sorry. We have to do something else <laughs> when we catch up. <laughs> No, Lord, well, we actually did the Lord of the Rings marathon uh, with few of a uh, few friends. With the Hobbit as well? Uh, no, not the Hobbits. Well, okay. We will have been there two days. Still. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just the Lord of the Rings. And it took us a while. Wow. Like from a morning to a, to an evening. And Impressive. Yeah, it, it was tough. It was hard. Not easy. As much as I like Lord of the Rings, it was really hard. And you're still a hardcore fan, so imagine me at that party. (laughs) (laughs) Right. um, Breakdowns or solos? Breakdowns. I love breakdowns. Yes. Whenever I hear a good breakdown, it just makes me happy. The best breakdowns are, yeah, they're they're just the best, you know. What, What would you say is the best one? In which song? Oh, tough one. I'm just trying to uh, think myself. I can't think of anything really because there's so many. Yeah. I have to get back on that one. Pass. <laughs> uh, Italian food or Chinese food? Italian. One of my favorites in the whole world. Pizza, lasagna. All those uh, more, uh, yeah, pasta, pesto, uh, mozzarella, and all that stuff. I love it. And uh, combined with red wine, it's just mom. Yeah, it's good. Are you with a, a pizza with pineapple sky or without? 
Uh, I buy my Hawaii every now and then, but I'm more of a, um, you know, salami, onion kind of guy. I think the first person, you know, for both pineapples on a pizza, I think he was a weird, he was a weirdo. It was a very weird decision, but genius. Exactly. But genius, exactly. Yeah, it works and it's delicious. And then it people is. say, like, but you wouldn't put oranges or apples on a pizza. But it's different. You can't compare pineapples to a apples on a pizza. Some people put the, you know, some people put bananas on uh, pizzas, but that's just. Well, that's, that's not a, for me. Yeah, that's the next level. Yeah. Uh, performing in front of thousand people or hundred people. Uh, and I have to choose one. I like both. Obviously, everybody answers that, but I would say thousand people because I, uh, our music and um, the way the person I want to be on stage is perfect for for big arenas and big crowds. So I have to say arena. What would you say is the uh, biggest difference? Like maybe not the thousand people and hundred people. Let's say like ten thousand people and thousand people. I've never played for 10,000 people. Uh, so I just, I mean, I, I played you, uh, big festival crowds, like 1,500 people and also smaller clubs. And both of them have their own charms. I mean, the intimacy and the, the connection you, you get with the crowd is better on a small stage. But I mean, just watching out of a big crowd, singing your songs that you've written on your own, uh that's that's somewhat extra as well you know so i i'm not sure if uh, 10,000 people compared to a thousand people is much bigger because you you can only see uh, a certain amount of people anyway but i mean uh, it it must be very powerful and mighty to to be on a extremely huge stage as well so especially when people start singing your songs with you that's one of the best things ever. I can tell you that. I mean, when uh, when when you know when the chorus kicks in and and the big push in the song kicks in, and I see those the Italians I've talked to before the show and all these people from foreign countries, they sing the 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 words that I've come up with. That's that's just crazy amazing. One of the best things ever. Have you seen the live performance uh, from Sabaton and Livestead E Creek? I haven't seen that one. I've seen them live a couple of uh, many times, of course, because they're from Sweden as well. Mm. But I haven't seen uh, I haven't seen the, the one you're referring to. Uh, what's the live performance? It's the performance that always gives me goosebumps. Like okay. the song starts, crowd singing, like everyone singing. Like I think it's good thirty seconds, mm-hmm. and you know, Joachim is just quiet. You know, doesn't do anything, and the crowd is just singing. Like you can yeah. even tell the guitarist is like, wow, what, what's going on? Sounds really good. I have to check that one out. I haven't, I, I used to listen a lot to Sabaton. I, I like the first two albums and I, I saw them very, very much on the first tours when they were just a, a support band for, for, for bigger bands on clubs. And those shows were just crazy. They were, I, I thought they were really, really awesome band back then. Now I, I'm kind of tired of them because they, they tend to send the same uh, to sound the same way all the time, and it's not just for me. I understand that people like them, and I give give them all credits because of what they do. But it's not my cup of tea anymore. But 
I have to check that one out because it sounds awesome. It sounds like uh, when Iron Maiden does Fear of the Dark, you know, the, the intro. It's, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. With, a, with, a, with the crowd singing, it's, it's very powerful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Sabaton is a really good history teacher. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I, 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 and I can't believe that they're still writing songs about war, you know. They've done that for uh, like 15 Always. years now. It's amazing. Yeah. Right. Uh, city life or country life? Oh, that's a really tough one. I'm a New York City boy, but I, now I live in the countryside. So I have to say I, I want to live in the countryside, but I need my cities every now and then. I think if you ask, if you ask me about 10 years ago, or 15 years ago, I would have said city life, but now yeah. I would say country life. Yeah, I mean, you, Just... you need your, I, I need my space and my, I need my uh, my silence when I get home because uh, life can be rough and life can be loud outside the walls. But uh, when I come home, I, I just want to be for with my family and uh, on my own, you know. Yeah. So uh, that's probably why I choose countryside. Right, uh, last one, uh, camping in the middle of nowhere or staying in a five-star hotel? Five-star hotel. I've been through my 10th years uh, in festivals and uh, stuff. I like hotel, you know, uh, a, a good room and a nice breakfast and a jacuzzi or something. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Sounds good. Right. Anyway, on that bombshell, it's time to wrap up and right into the sunset. What a good show that was. Now, thank you, Dennis, for joining me today. Thank you very much. And uh, good luck with your podcast and your wrestling career. I'm looking forward to see you kick some ass. Yeah, uh, well, let's hope that happens. <laughs> and not <laughs> vice versa. Right, I really Thank can't you. wait for a new album. I'm really hyped. Very excited about this one. You'll see us in the shape of spotlights. Where can people find you on social media if they want to, you know, keep up with their with, with uh, your, the best with your music the, the best way to follow crush is uh, facebook where we were called crush official uh, so that's crush with a z and official and uh, we have the same uh, alias on instagram and if you want to follow me on instagram i'm called crush butabi uh, so that's c-r-u-z-h-b-u-t-a-b-i crush butabi uh, and uh, I'm also painting stuff and uh, playing in some other projects and stuff. And uh, I'll post all crazy stuff on my personal uh, Instagram. So feel free to check it out. And make sure you pronounce it correctly. Cross. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, I personally highly recommend to go check it out. And I'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you very much.